0: This is episode 10 with Bob McKinnon, the head coach of the Texas Legends in the NBA D League. Before we get started on today's amazing episode, we'd like to go ahead and thank a few of our sponsors. First of all, thank you to Dr. Dish Basketball for their support of the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. Dr. Dish provides the premier training machines in the world with next level analytics and versatility. Their newest innovation, Skill Builder, is the first of its kind and allows coaches and players to stay connected. Through Skill Builder, you can choose or create complete workshop workouts combining shooting, ball handling, conditioning, and agility drills. Check out drdishbasketball.com for more details and info. We'd also like to thank Game Inc., who specializes in the career management and marketing of coaches. Game Inc. also produces and manages all aspects of the collegeinsider.com postseason tournament, a 32-team Division I postseason college basketball tournament televised on CBS. Also, like to thank Athletic Director U, which was founded with one goal in mind, to empower the college athletics community make sure you visit AthleticDirectorU.com to sign up for their daily newsletter. And now, let's get started. I had a great one today with head coach Bob McKinnon. He is basically a basketball lifer. He has coached in the NBA D League, has been a Division I assistant coach, has been a head coach at the Division Three level. He has basically survived and recreated himself over and over and over again. On this episode, you are going to listen to his journey, his background, his experiences. And most recently, he just became the all time winningest coach in the NBA D League. You are going to love his passion, you will love his journey. And if he doesn't inspire you, then we don't know what we're talking about. Enjoy it, guys. All right, guys, welcome to another great episode of Be Contagious. We've got a great guest today. We have a coach who I've known for a good amount of time. He is the head coach of the Texas legend, Coach Bob McKinnon. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great, Randall. Thanks for having me. I, tell you, I appreciate you taking some time. I know you just finished your D-League season. Um, I know a lot of you, especially with, you know, being the Mavs organization, getting ready for the draft. I know you're going to head to Mexico. We're going to cover all that stuff. But, Coach, I'd like for you to go tell us, you know, sort of your journey, your background, where you came from, and how you got to where you are today.
1: Well, I grew up in the game of basketball. My dad uh, was a college coach for 16 years uh, when I was first born and growing up. And then he later went into the NBA and was a, a coach and general manager in both the ABA and NBA for 22 years <laughs> so uh, it's kind of the, the old, old ABA uh, the, old, the ABA, old ABA Okay. yeah he, he actually coached the St. Louis Spirits with Marvin Barnes and Maurice Lucas and uh, a wild team uh, that beat the Nets upset the Nets in the playoffs wow. in one year and um, it I was a freshman in high school that year yeah and uh, I was a ball boy with the team and 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 I have a lot of fond memories of guys like Marvin Barnes, who people today don't know who that is, right. but truly could have been one of the all-time great players, if not for drugs. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I grew up in the game um, and, and have had a long association with it. And uh, I coached uh, coming out of college. I went to King's College in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and um Division three school and was fortunate enough to play there. Right. And, and, you know, some people don't understand, Division three has some good basketball players. Oh, yes, they I wasn't do. one of them, <laughs> but they, we had some good players. And I've been fortunate. Um, coming out of college, I wanted to get into coaching. Yeah. Uh, I did right away. I, I got right into college coaching, and, and I spent uh, the next 25 years of my life in college coaching. Wow. And uh, every place from uh, Mercer's College, which was my first stop, to uh, George Washington University, to... Uh, niagara university to the united states merchant Marine academy as a head coach to notre dame uh north carolina and, and marshall university so a lot of different places uh in college and in, in the 25 years and uh, had great experiences at all of them and then uh after i left marshall uh took a year off and did some scouting for the lakers and and from there went on to uh become a coach in the nba development league yeah and uh just finished my sixth season coaching in the in the NBA development League and have coached actually uh, four different teams in the league right um, so <laughs> I've been around there too as well I've had a lot of stops there as well you may do you um,
0: hold the record of having the most Coaching the most teams in the D-League? I hold a lot of records
1: in the D-League. Because <laughs> cause the D-League is not a place anyone really wants to be. Right. I may be the only guy that really wants to be there. Because I love it. Because um, it's a great league to coach in because you're always teaching because of so much change and turnover. Right. And you're teaching different things all the time. And and it's, and it's guys, you know what you're trying to do there is trying to get them to move on mm-hmm. and trying to get them and help them to get to their next thing. So player development is probably the first and foremost thing we do in our league, and I love that aspect of it. Right. So uh, it's been great for me. Um, you know, and, and actually in between my stints in the D-League, I spent a year coaching in China. <laughs> so I've uh, been around a lot. Um, like I said, hold a few records in the D-League. I think I have the most wins as a coach in D-League history. I know I have the most NBA call-ups in right. D-League history. And I have coached the most teams in D League history, so so yeah. uh, That last one—it's not one my wife wanted me to set the record for. Understandable, but but it's there.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's great because the the journey you've gone—you've been everywhere. You've been so many different places. You've been in other countries, and I know you and I met when I was coaching in Maine in the D League, and you were in Idaho.
1: Yes,
0: pretty sure you're in Idaho, and um, and and it's amazing how people just don't understand how hard it is when going back and forth? Because I know when people look at your resume, they're like, wow, coach, you've been every, the experiences you've been, but it does take a toll in other avenues of your life.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You're personal. I'm, you know, thank God for my wife, you know, mm-hmm. the, the thing that she's been through when we're, uh, you know, the 25 years I spent in college coaching, we moved six times, Yeah. you know, my sons, you know, I have four sons and, and my two older ones, they moved six times and, and, you know, that does take a toll. And, and now I think there's also a benefit to it. You know, I yes. think my sons now uh, can go in any situation and feel comfortable talking to people and, and talking to adults. And, and, and I think that's helped their growth and maturity in that regard. Right. But, but it does take a toll. And I, you know, they don't have a, a lot of lasting friendships or, or, you know, a lot of them. They do have some, but, you know, so I, it does take a toll. Yeah. And, you know, um, it, it's the path that I chose uh, so I can't blame it. It's, it's what I love. And, yeah. you know, I, I have a passion for, for coaching and teaching. And, and so I can't really see myself doing anything else. Yeah. Um, I mean, even now in the off season, uh, you know, I'm in the gym just about every day working guys out Right. and anywhere from, uh, you know, kids, uh, from fifth grade on up to, uh, I do pro workouts, uh, most mornings up in Raleigh. Yeah. So, uh, it's, yeah, there's not many days that a McKinnon is not in the gym.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but and that's what takes the passion to be to be to where you are. I think the other part is that you've been able to have so many opportunities
1: because of what you you do. I've been fortunate. Um, I've been granted opportunities, and and yeah, you do have to take advantage of them. Um, but I have been granted opportunities, and and you know, I I think it is you know your passion and your work ethic. Um, you know, the fact, I'll be honest, I don't feel like I go to work. Right. You know, I, I feel like I, I, I go to, to, to do what I do. And um, yeah, I, I'm not sure that uh, the great coaches in our business have ever gone to work. Yeah. I, I think you put in a lot of time, you know, and a lot more time than, than people... Outside the business, they, don't, they think sometimes you just roll the balls out. That's right. <laughs> and it's not about that, you know. Our business is more about relationships than anything else. Right. You know, you said you and I met, you know, uh, what, seven, eight years ago, maybe longer than yeah. 90, 10 years ago when you were, you know, coaching the Maine Red Claws. And, and I remember us at, at a D-League National tryout going out to dinner in, in Kentucky. Um, that's I right. Think that was in, and and, and you know, we waited. A bunch of guys, and I remember,
0: we waited till t- we did not order food until ten o'clock because that's when because it was half price. half price. X. Ha, ha, have, half price <laughs> <X>. <laughs> that's right. And there was the D League budget. And know? I was, I, I remember, I was like, "Why haven't we ordered food yet?" And you guys were like, "No, no, we yeah. have to wait till uh,
1: ten o'clock." Till ten o'clock. It was, it was, at, it was at Applebee's. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's know? right. And if Applebee's listen, you know, we'll take a sponsorship <laughs> <That's deal laughs> too. So you know, we're always out there selling <laughs> that's for the D League. <laughs>
0: That is that is so true. You talk about relationships, which I think is the key to anything and everything. Has your outlook on relationship changed since your first year in college coaching, or or how has it evolved through time?
1: Well, definitely, just like everything else, you know, everything evolves, you know. And and I've I've learned that um, you know when I was first in this as a young coach, I, I looked at you know how can I advance and and how can I you know move up the ladder and. and and, you know, I've learned that it's through solid relationships that that happens. And it's not looking at those relationships as, hey, this relationship is going to help me move up. Right. Well, that's not the right way to go about yes. it. You know, the right way to go about it is, hey, this is a good person. This is someone I want to be with. Mm-hmm. This is someone that, you know, and, 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 you know, I took some jobs or, you know, I necessarily worked at, at, at some things that, you know, probably wasn't the right fit, but you know and, and 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 that's in hindsight you know and, and you know it you, you got to find out who's with you and who's not and who has your core values and who doesn't um and and you know I think that's the most important thing as a coach especially as a young, as a young coach going up you never want to lose sight of who you are mm-hmm. and, and what you want to accomplish and what you know what's important to you as a coach you know What's important to me as a coach is being in the in gym every day and, and helping people get better and, and moving on to their next thing. So I've kind of found my niche now in the D-League because that's right. what the d League's all about. You yeah. know? And, and it's helped me you know, kind of establish who I am as a coach, and, and uh, I, I hope I'm a better coach because of it.
0: Right. Now the, now the relationship part, is there a certain example that kind of sticks in your mind where you had to change your approach maybe verbally, maybe tone, or whatever it is to increase or make the relationship better so the player can trust you, because then the instruction will move forward from
1: there? Well, I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that, uh, you know, positive coaching is so important, mm. um, you know, and, and um, I'm actually involved, I'm a trainer for a, a group called the Positive Coaching Alliance, Yeah. and, and I, I got into that organization two years ago, and, and uh, again, I think it reflects what my core values as a coach is, and and, you know, in the positive coaching lines, we talk a lot about, you know, positive reinforcement uh, to negative reinforcement, the number of times. And, and you know, the ideal number, I believe it's, it's, they'd like it to be uh, six positive uh, comments to one negative.
0: Right. I'm going to stop right there. And, and for the audience to understand that, right, that's six to one. And I probably know a good amount of coaches who don't even know six good things to say during a whole practice.
1: Right. You know. Right yeah, and, and you know, you gotta find that. Yeah. You know, and, and you gotta find that and you gotta find that in a way that you still hold people accountable, you know, and, and I think you can do that. You know, I really do. Um, you know, I like to tell a story. I did a clinic um uh two years ago in China with the Horace Grant. -hmm. You know, he's a great player with the Chicago Bulls. and and, wore the goggles. Yeah, Clemson, you know, graduated four years at at Clemson University, college graduate, played in the NBA, played on the great Michael Jordan teams. Yes. Where they, you know, he won. I think Horace has four championship rings. Mm. Okay, so we were talking, and he said to me, he said, You know, Bob, uh, Phil Jackson uh, came to me before the season one year and said, Look, Horace, some of these guys I can't get on. He said, so I'm going to get on you a little bit more here, and and, and I, I need you to take it and, and understand that it's not necessarily you, but I need it to be an example for these other guys. So he, he told me, he said, Bob, I was going through the first part of the season, and, and Phil was like on me. And it was like, you know, four negative comments to one positive. He said, <laughs> I finally went to him and I said, hey, Phil, I know what's going on, but I can't take it anymore. Right you know and that's a guy an intelligent guy who knew what was coming down the pike right right and yet he still couldn't and and phil i guess you know reverse course and, and said, okay i'm you know I'm, we're gonna stop that course now and and they won the title that year you know and and you know so it is it it is very important it's very important that in coaching that you, I think you, you, you pat them on the butt a little bit more than you kick them in the butt. Mm, mm. I, and I think
0: it's so hard to get coaches to understand that because you, you said it earlier. It's about, you know, too many coaches are afraid of kissing their butt. Right. You know, and then, well, where's the accountability
1: and the responsibility come through? But, but you can have that balance. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, we're not talking about kissing butt. Right. We're talking about, hey, you know, great cut. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to cut hard. And then when they do, hey, great job, great cut. You know, I, I'm a big, uh, in my practices, uh, we have to rebound with two hands. We have to catch the ball with two hands. So anytime someone spears me with one, I say, no, 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 no one-hand spears. And, but when a guy does it then, it turns out, he says, hey, great catch. Right. You know, <laughs> so, it, you know, and it might be a little thing, but it, it's little things are big things. Right. You know, and, and uh, so I think you reward them with positive things, and you get them to do things hard. You know, and you still can hold them accountable. But uh, they have to also understand that when you hold them accountable, they earn your trust. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. You know, players all the time wonder, well, how can I play? Well, the coaches that trust you will play you. Mm. So earn that coach's trust. Right. How do you earn that? Well, by doing what you're asked to do and by doing it hard. Okay. And then I think as a coach, we're in an era now where it's no longer where you just tell people what to do. You have to tell people why you're doing it. Mm. And, and, and even going out, I, you and I were talking before, and, and I told you this story. The other day I was in a gym working a guy out, and he went to take his shirt off. And I told him, I said, no, 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 you can't take your shirt off. You, you have to leave your shirt on in my workouts. And I said, listen, let me tell you why. Because he looked at me like, you know. It's <laughs> like, and, what are you doing? Yeah, and, and, and I said, here's why. Because if you take your shirt off, now all your sweat's going on the floor. Mm. So we got four guys working out here today. If that happens with all four guys, I said this becomes an unsafe practice. Right. Said you leave your shirt on; it catches your sweat. Now, if you have to, next time we work out, bring a second shirt so you can change midway. Mm. I said, but that's why we leave our shirts on. Down to a little thing like that, I'm always going to explain to guys why we do things. Yeah.
0: No, I. That's I, I, so very, very important. Telling them the why, because that's what they want, and because they, they've been told that. Well, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? Telling them the why is, is I think what a lot of us kind of forget to do, because we were taught, coach and led to just do it. You know, just do it because that's what I told you to do, and that's not the way it is. Right. You know. Now, feedback or some knowledge, basically. on how do you, how do you get players? I know it's about doing the right thing, but for a lot of players who they could do the right thing yet maybe they're not as talented or they just not put enough time in the gym, like what are ways they can get the trust
1: of the coach? Well, for me, it it starts with me. Hmm. You know, and I tell my team at the beginning of every year that I I don't need anyone to be a leader at the beginning. That will happen naturally as we go along. I will lead and I will be every day the one who shows up with the most passion, the most enthusiasm. Mm. They just have to try and come and match me as much as possible. Ah, okay. Okay, and and, and we go from there. And then that's my responsibility. You know, I wake up every day, and as a head coach, I feel like I'm the leader of everybody in our program, from the the assistant coaches to the interns that we have to the players that we have to our front office personnel. So... I have to find a way to motivate every mm. day, and and it's motivating different people. Right, and it's it's always different. It always changes, you know. And, and so I think a big thing with that is communication. Mm. And I think you have to always be you know willing and open to communicate with your players. You know, I ask the players all the time, "Hey, what do you think about this? Is this what? in a game, especially our point guards? I'll say, what are you seeing? What's working? You know, and 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 uh, even though uh, I have a reputation as is being an offensive coach because my, my team's regularly, lead. The dealer are always in the top three in scoring and right. shooting and all that stuff. I'll be honest with you, 75 to 80% of our practices are spent on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell them all the time, <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to shoot the ball. We do a lot of shooting in our practice because I think that's one way that you get better and, and can develop people. And, and I also think that's one thing that people look at the most in our game is are you putting the ball in the basket? Mm, yes. You know, it starts with that. So we do a lot of shooting, and then, but I give them offensive freedom, and we're, we're, I never have once talked to players about shot selection mm-hmm. ever, because we work on that in practice and, and in games. If they're open and they don't shoot it, we've worked to get them that shot. So I tell our guys, in, in, if they're open and they don't shoot it, they're coming out, right? Because the rest of our team thinks they're shooting it, and they're going the offensive glass. So that's another thing. We lead the league in offensive rebounding every year too. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's how we play. <laughs> right. And I want our players. I don't ever want a guy to to catch the ball and think, "Should I shoot?" He should know right away. Right. And, and we have a we have a, another rule like when we catch the ball, you have one second to make a decision. And your decision it's either shoot it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: pass it to the next guy, or direct drive. Right. And and that's what we do. And that's how we play. So we kind kind of try and keep it simple. You know. And I think when you keep it simple and you get your players to work hard, all of a sudden, then there is a trust formed, you know, and I have to form, they have to trust me too, and in our league, it's interesting, and we talked to our guys about this, we don't have time, okay, we had 24 players play for us in a game this year, 24, okay, over the course of the season, okay, so I don't have time, (laughs) okay, to build up all this stuff, you know, like you do in college, and like you do in high school, and even in the NBA, right, you know, no one changes like the D-League, right, okay, so I got to trust them from the work I did before bringing them in, okay, now I'm going to trust them, so then they've got to trust me, and it's got to work both ways, now, when it it doesn't, then I got to move on, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the business, Okay, but but that's kind of how how the trust factor goes in our league, and and it goes quick. Oh, I could. It's. I remember when I was in the D league, so we funnel players in and out just like
0: you guys did, and you're just trying to find people who could perform, gain that trust, and really move on. But it takes a certain amount of leadership to do that. Like, how? What is your leadership style? I know you talked about really being. They got to match you. You know, you got to motivate them. You got to get them going. But like, yeah, again, where's your I leadership? Think, you know,
1: every day I wake up and think, you know. Uh, First thing I do, I, you know, I, I practice planning, and I, I think about, all right, uh, how, how, is this, how is this practice going to be good? How am I going to, you know, before practice, I try and talk to every guy on the team. Mm. You know, we go through stretching. I go and fist pound every single guy as they stretch, you know, and, and I do that every single day. And, and after, you know, we spend, and I tell our coaches, we do not leave the court until the last player leaves the court. Mm. No one's running off to go do another thing. Okay, so if anyone wants to get extra shots, and that's a great thing in the pro game, we don't have all these hours right. that the NCA puts right. on you, right? So we do that, and then every day we have an optional shooting practice that, you know, like we'll practice at 10 in the morning, then we'll come back at uh, 6, 7 o'clock at night, and we'll do an optional shooting. That's always been optional. I've never had less than 7 out of the 10 guys show up. Mm.
0: They and want to so, get better. They yeah, want to they be want there.
1: they want to come in. Because I, I tell them, I said, look, you come in. We will not do dummy offense. We'll not do it. We will shoot. That's all we'll do. And right. in 25 minutes, we get every single guy 250 shots. Yeah. That's and, development and a, right there. And that's, and that's how we develop. That's why every guy but two players who have played for me in my six years in the D League has improved their field goal percentage through the course. Mm. You know, we had a player last year, Quincy Acy, played... Five different teams in the NBA. Started out the year last year with the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Played uh, first, I believe, uh, fourteen games with them. Okay. They released him because they needed to sign a point guard. He's a power forward. He's a he's a four man. He came to us uh, in the dealie. We got his rights. He came to us and, and uh, you know he's an NBA player and, and you know everyone said well he needs to be a stretch four. Well, with the Mavericks, he shot eighteen percent from the three. <laughs> so he came with us. He never missed a, a voluntary workout. Before and after practice, we worked, and, and we shot, shot, shot. And in our program, we like I said, we shoot a lot, okay? So he's shooting 42% from the three with us. He gets called up to the Brooklyn Nets. They, uh, they do this drill. They bring him in. They do this drill with him. He, he goes ten, two 10-day contracts with him. They do this shooting drill that they they do with players. The first time, I think, in the drill, he shot like 60-some percent from three, the second time he did it, they told me that he shot the second highest percentage that any was ever shot. <laughs> right. They signed him with a three year contract. Right. You know? Wow. And you know, what is it? Well, for me it's reps and the right reps, you know. And we'd go in the gym with and with Q and in, in a fifty-two minute session, we'd get him three hundred and twenty shots. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and and he improved and he got better. You know, and, and uh and it was a great experience and we helped him move on to his next thing right so now the other players see that you know and that builds the trust with the other players right and they see how it is and i think it all starts with you know what you're doing in the gym every day with them right how you're working in the gym with them every day and then you know are you caring about them on and off the court
0: yeah that's huge and I think on, on, on the end, too, is that I, you're showing the responsibility of the player to come in for workouts, but you've given them a comfortable environment for them to come in by telling them, we're not going to do dummy offense, we're not going to do all these different things, so they can come in and just really work on that shooting. Right. And, and I think coaches forget that part. Like, our job as well, too, is to make them feel comfortable so that they
1: want to come back and right. get some
0: extra shots. Right. You know, too many times we're blaming, oh, they're not yeah. responsible enough. Yeah.
1: No, you've got to make it an environment where they want to be in the gym. Yeah. You know, and, and not everyone's a self starter. Right. Not everyone is is going to be that guy, and and so you got to draw them in. You know, and and uh, so we hold true our word. We when we do our, our second session, all we do is shoot, and that a, And I've done that now for six years, and I've never had less than seven out of ten guys show up, mm-hmm. and and it's been great. And like I said, I think the results speak for themselves. You know, but you know, that's my philosophy. Right. You know, and my philosophy as a coach is. And I learned this a long time ago, actually, from Bill Guthridge, who's a great assistant coach at University of North Carolina. Coach Guthridge told me a long time ago, he told me, he said, Bob, you know, once they get to our level and they're in college, they've shot the ball so many times through the course of their life, it is hard to majorly alter someone's shot. Mm -hmm. You can make slight adjustments, and I believe that too. I believe you can make slight, you can maybe raise the release point up a little bit or you can get them to hold the ball a little bit differently. But they've shot it thousand upon a thousand of times by the time they get to us. <laughs> that my thing now is what we're gonna do is through reps and fast paced reps is we're gonna get them to become more consistent shooters. Right. And, and that's what our goal is.
0: Yeah, to get them consistent. Talk talk about you talked earlier about um, the D League and you how no one wants to be there. Um, I, I say this all the time, I think my time in the D-League, it's, it's the best coaching job in the world, simply because there's the craziness of the roster changes, but you get to do all these different things, you could try different things, and you get to really impact them. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, Talk about your stints, obviously, why you think it's one of the best jobs in the world. Well, because you
1: teach every day. Yeah. Because you do have so much roster change. And then, you know, not only the players coming out, but then the players that your parent club sends to you. Mm. You know, uh, we had uh, four guys sent to us this year from the Mavericks, you know. And shoot, the guy might show up the day of the game. You've right. already had shoot-around, and this guy comes in, and now he's going to play 30 to 35 minutes for you. Right. You know, it's not like he's going to come in and play 12. Right. So now you got to work him in with the other guys and you got to teach it all to everybody in a short amount of time, you know and, and so you' you're constantly teaching, you're constantly working on player development um, it, it's it's just so much fun to me and, yeah. and the change of it and, and the you know the shoot I remember uh, a couple years ago we were flying um, I was coaching the Springfield uh, armor, the, which was the Nets franchise mm-hmm. and we were flying from uh, Springfield mass. We had a layover in Detroit, and we're on our way. I forget where. Maybe Canton or, or one of those. But we're, we're sitting in Detroit Airport, and I get a call. Of one of our players, Jerry Smith, is getting called up. we got to get his bags off our flight, get him on a flight to <laughs> Indiana to meet the Nets. Yeah. You know, and then the next day, we just lost our best player. Right. You know, so now we got to adjust. You right. know, and, and, and then you, know, you still want to create a winning environment. Because winning is important. I don't care what level you're at or what you're doing. Shoot, you know, you're, you're playing a card game with with your mother, or your wife, or whatever. You're trying to beat them. That's you right. Know? So, you know, uh, you, you want to win, and uh, you know that when you lose your best player,
0: mm-hmm.
1: now you got to adjust. Right. And when you get call ups, which I'm proud of. Again, I lead the 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 league in call ups. Those guys again call up are generally your best players. Right. You know, this year we had five, five call ups. So for there's an adjustment period. It's time and a teaching period with that adjustment period. You know, and, and to me, it's exciting and fun to do. Well, what do you do now when and I think a, a dynamic that people
0: don't know about? You just talked about when the parent club bring sends down two or three players, right? So you've had practice all week long. You've got your starting lineup already set. You know, and the players, in their mind, they're about to play 20, 25, 30 minutes. And then the parent team brings the player over, and now that player who thinks he's going to get 25, 30 minutes may go down because of that. How do you deal with that mentally and help that young man or that player
1: understand well, what you're doing? We start do? from the
0: first day of training
1: camp, mm. and we tell them this is the way the league works. If the Dallas Mavericks send us a player, he's playing 30, 35 minutes. Everyone else's minutes are going to have to adjust. And we're very upfront and honest about it. And we're just, and I'm like, hey, if you don't like that, we'll look to move you to another team. But it's going to be the same with every team. Right. Yeah. You know, so if you don't like that and you really don't like it, then maybe you should go to Europe and play. Right. You know, but if you want to get to the NBA, and if that is your goal and your dream, then you've got to understand how this league works. Mm-hmm. And we're just very always open and upfront about it. And, and, you know, we've never had a problem with a guy because we're, you know, there's communication.
0: Yeah. You're and, open right from the beginning.
1: Right. And as soon as we get that guy sent to as soon as I know about it, I call every, if, if I'm not with them, I call every guy on our team and let them know. hmm Okay. Or text them now, you know, and all that stuff. And, and, you know, but we communicate it right away with our players. Right. So that there are no surprises. Right. You know, because that's what you don't want is surprises.
0: Right. So that, have you changed in terms of, with all the social media world, do you, do you have you changed with the social media world? Not as do you much. Text as, more, not or? as
1: much as, as people uh, think. I'm more <laughs> of a call guy. Okay. You know, I like to call and talk to people. Right. You know, um, so I will call, but now I, I do text. Uh, you know, I do do all that stuff. Um, my preference is to call. Right. Though, but, and, and, and my sons will tell you, you know, I don't snap this and right. you know, do this and Insta this and yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just. You know, I, nah, I'm, I'm not as good as I
0: should be. I tell you, it's, it's, it's funny how uh, I think even with my own son, like I'll call him. He won't pick up the phone, but he'll respond to a text. Right. And then I'm like, wait, I just called you. Right. He goes, oh, yeah, sorry, Dad. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Just pick up yeah, the phone. Yeah, just pick up <laughs> talk. <laughs> now, you've got a lot of energy. You've, you've obviously built tremendous programs. Um, you have this drive inside of you. Like, where does that come from? Is it your upbringing? Is it your family? Like, where is it coming from that you can do it every single day at that
1: high of a level? I, I guess just growing up in it, hmm. you know, and, and uh, just being, and just loving doing it, and and yeah, it, it's just fun. Um, I mean, I love I love the games, but I love practices more. Hmm. You know, I, I love being in the gym working with guys. Um, I like seeing people get better and see results. Uh, So I I don't know, that's just, uh, to me, it beats putting on a a coat and tie and and going to a 9-to-5 job every day. Yes, it does. It does.
0: It does. Well, I got two more questions for you, Coach, and again, I appreciate you you joining me. It's awesome. Now, uh, the first of the final questions is this. When they make the Coach Bob McKinnon movie, (laughs) who is playing you? On the big screen, Everything. Well, well all I, about you?
1: I hope someone a whole, whole hell of a lot better looking than me. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, you know, I hope someone that has hair because I, you know, I'm balding and I'm I'm, I'm about done with that. So, yeah. um, you know, it's funny. One of our players, Keith Hornsby, this year. Uh, He's a very talented kid. Okay. Um, you know, his father's Bruce Hornsby, the yeah. the Grammy Award winner. Right. So Keith can draw. And really, and he did a caricature one day of like our starters and me, and it's really <laughs> funny to see. And, and you know how characters are, but it, it was it was tremendous. He has me balding right. and all that stuff with you know a big gap in my teeth and my eyes crooked and all that stuff. So I thought it was pretty good. But uh, who plays me? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I you know I'd love it to be like a guy like Kevin Costner, you know, a good looking guy. Let's like do God. it. But yeah, but, I, but I know it won't be. You know. <laughs>
0: You never know. It depends on the budget. If it's a yeah, big budget, right. Kevin Costner, everybody will jump on board with that That's right. The last question is, you know, I, we believe that in order to be successful, we have to fall in love with something. Um, and you've been very successful. Um,
1: what are you in love with? Uh, as far as basketball goes, just being in the gym mm-hmm. and being with people and, and working. Um, working on the game. And, and, and you know, I say working on the game, but just, just seeing people get better. Um, that's just a thrill for me and, uh, you know, in the game. And, and again, I have my philosophies and, and, you know, uh, I love when guys put the ball in the basket and, and see that happen. Cause that's a tangible thing that they can see. Mm. And when they start getting better doing that, then they come in the gym more, you know, and, and, uh, you know, even, even work with young kids and, and, you know, I work with my sons and, and, and go around uh, the area here and do stuff with, with young kids and, and, Having them in the gym is a whole lot having them in the mall. That's true. You know, very and, true. And uh, so, you know, my wife and I talk about it a lot. We want our kids to, to be involved with something other than just going to the mall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Coach, um,
0: is there a way that people can reach out to you? Do you have Twitter? What, like, how can they get a
1: hold? Yeah, I've, of you? I, I'm on Twitter. Okay. Um, uh, at Coach. Uh, I don't even know what it is. Coach we'll put it on the Mac, comments. On four, yeah, we so got you. Like Coach Mac four, just look for that. Okay. Um, and it's Coach Mac, and then the number four because I have four sons. Okay. So I'm on Twitter. Yeah, they can. I'm on Instagram. Um, yeah, again, I don't know what my son said all these accounts up for me. So, and and I, don't, I don't tweet out a whole lot. I retweet a right. ton. No, that's good. That's called you know? curating content. That's yes. what you're doing, Coach, without yeah, even knowing. I retweet and I like.
0: Yeah. Okay?
1: And, I, and usually when I retweet something, I like it. Because if I didn't like it, why would I retweet it? <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't make sense to me. Is why, why you do one or the other. I yeah. think if you retweet, you should like it. If you like it, you should retweet it. You're doing both. So yeah, That's so. perfect.
0: That's perfect. Well, Coach, I appreciate you joining us, man. I really do. Um, you honestly, I've watched you coach from afar, but you've always been inspiration simply because of your journey and what you do. And we've talked X's and O's and I love your philosophy, the freedom you give your players, your leadership qualities, what you want from them. Cause you re- you truly, truly want them to get to another level. So I, I can't thank you enough coach. Well, okay.
1: So I appreciate and, and man, I'm looking forward to the moving up conference That's right. uh, that, that you're running here at, at Duke and, uh, you know, being a part of the panel here for that. And, and I think it's a tremendous thing that you're doing, and doing for young coaches and and people who want to you know move up in our business and move up the right way. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I, I wanted to come and speak at this because I, I think your whole thing here is you know not just moving up, but move up the right way. Yeah. And, and do it the right way so that you're in in the business for a long time. And the business of coaching should be a, an ethical business and, and one that is is something that people look for is as a positive thing right you know and and uh let's get rid of all the negative things that surround it
0: right well coach you're fantastic man you are light you are great you are contagious to others man and i appreciate you thanks Uh, coach appreciate it thanks what an amazing journey that bob mckinnon has been on over the last 30 years of his life. It's a great testament that you can always recreate yourself. You can always push forward and take step by step so that you can follow your process to get to where you want to go. I tell you, you have to reach out to Coach Bob McKinnon. Not only is he an amazing individual, but as a coach, he's one of the best out there. Guys, do me a big favor. We can't exist without your support please go ahead, subscribe, comment, give us five stars or give us one star. Either way, please go on iTunes, find the Be Contagious Leadership Experience and show your support. Without you, we are nothing and we depend on you to get this movement going on and on and on again. And guys, remember, you have the opportunity every single day to make a mark on society. Remember, you are a light You are great, and please continue to be contagious to the people around you. Till next time, guys.